And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Hope and Chris finish the last episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Luckily, dependable Dave Filoni and crew create Rebels with new characters, new places, and new adventures. Thus, keeping hope alive for this podcast. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Rebels. I just remembered, I, did I, are we recording? Yes. We are. Oh, we're recording now. Oh, and this episode! Get, I wouldn't let you get this far if we weren't recording. <laughs> well, we usually ask, and we always do like, alright, check all recorders and stuff, and then we didn't. So in this episode... <laughs> I'm on the ball today. <laughs> In need of a long-range transmitter, the Rebels look to infiltrate one of the Empire's massive ore crawlers. There will be Captain Dance Party, Feet Fights, and Space Mom tells Rebel Command to shove it. We're talking about Crawler Commandos, Commanders, this week. Wow, this was a hell of a fucking opening. How are you doing, Chris? I, I Like, when I was writing it down, I wanted to write Crawler Commandos, too. So. Okay, good. It's uh yeah, it sounds like it should be crawler commit. Cra- crawler commandeers is is a weird is a weird title. You would almost it would be crawler command commandos or commanders. Oh, you see that in my notes? <laughs> no, I have a, a no. I was just saying it's it's a weird. That's one of the background informations. That was crawling, ah. crawler commandeers was actually almost the title of this episode. That's actually one of my background notes. Guys, oh, it said, it said, it, I thought it was crawl, Crawler Commandeers. No, it's crawl, uh, Crawler co- Commanders. Oh, that was the title on the um, on the file that I re- that I watched. It said Commandeers. I wrote that down in my notes. Oh, well, somebody got it wrong. Guys, Chris got a cat. I do have a cat, Bernice. She's so cute. There's some pictures of her. She's cuter than pictures. She's a she's a she's she she draws blood. She's she's adjusting. Yeah, she 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 bit one of our friends the other day. She only has <laughs> struck at her just like a cobra. I mean, she you know get some toys, play with her, get that childlike teenage energy out of her, and she'll be sweet. She we uh, uh, the the person she bit brought has a bunch of cats and brought over a bunch of of toys. That that she extra toys and she's she's shown no interest in toys. Abundant interest in catnip and one of those cardboard catnip scratcher boards. Uh-huh. Loves that, which is good. We wanna get her scratching on the board and not on our hands. Yeah. And uh basically oh, okay, the when when we went to pick up the cat I looked at my roommate and said, you know. We are introducing a cat into a house that has one entire room <laughs> dedicated to yarn. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, that's what that's she she has a big yellow piece of string that she found and that's the thing you can tell she's she's brought it to a few different places and you'll see her hanging out with it. So, you know, 
you can buy them a bunch of toys and stuff and it's going to be a wadded up piece of paper and a piece of string that end up being the like prime prime entertainment sources with her and it's also just trying to find the right one because we have three cats and Carmilla likes this kind of fuzzy looking squirrel thing on a stick um, that she only likes to play with it when it's on the ground Spokes likes everything. Uh, she, she's pretty easily entertained. But Zeb specifically likes feathers. He won't play with other yeah, toys. Yeah, the, the, the feather toys. There are certain cats, those feather toys, they love those. They will go absolutely berserk for the feather toys and nothing else. That was uh, um, that was Doc, my last cat. Like, any feather toy, he, you would pull it out of the bag and he would get this crazy look in his eyes. And, you know, rolling around, kicking it, freaking out. Yeah, I mean, and, and Zeb also likes to... Ch- Zeb's so dumb. He likes to run beside balls, so we have these little bouncy balls. And, and the girls the girls don't like balls at all. Um, uh, But Zeb specifically, you'll, like, do a little Zeb's bouncy ball. Zeb's all about the balls? Well, the thing is, is, like, you'll roll it across the floor, and he'll just run by it. And you have to go and get the ball, and you throw it the other way, and he'll just run by it. Like, he doesn't actually go after the ball, but he loves running beside He just the likes ball. getting revved up by the ball and getting all runny by it. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, Carmilla has a little stuffed mouse, and she's the only one who likes this mouse, but she will play with this stuffed mouse. And Zeb's a kick toy person, too. He does, likes to do his little bunny kicks, but none of mm-hmm. the girls do that, too. So it's just really about finding, like, the right toy. Yeah, and, we and, had, our and, neighbor cat was into a tennis ball, and she was another little tiny cat, and she had no... She had her front claws removed. Oh. Yeah, I know. I and that. Uh, I know. And she... Uh, but, like, she would... I would, I would bring her tennis ball back, out to our back... Um, our backyard and uh, back um, driveway and you could just for hours roll that ball she'd bring it back to you or she'd she liked to like she hunted she couldn't kill anything with her front paws so she would grab things with her front paws and then just throw it under her back legs and just kick the hell out of it so that ball was she would murderize it what's what's it called the tops of like the segments of your fingers between the the knuckles are they, are they called digits well your fingers are digits yeah but like you know you have your little wrinkles and each finger has like three sections yes uh y- yeah um, what, what are those called the sections i don't know <laughs> anyway when you declaw a cat look at your fingers face your palms towards you listeners and you know how you have, like, the little wrinkles on your fingers, like the three? Imagine cutting off the top segment of your finger to the, to the first wrinkle. That's the equivalent of declawing cats. You're cutting off that much of their hand. Yeah, you, you're cutting them to the first. Yeah, I guess you, you would say you were cutting it to your first knuckle. Yeah, it's yeah. knuckle is the word you're looking for. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not good to, to declaw your cat. Don't, don't do it. And if somebody's done it and you have a declawed cat, just realize that they're probably messed up because they're in pain a lot and, of times. And it also they're, causes arthritis because yeah. cats are toe walkers and losing their claws requ- makes them flat-footed and it actually causes more medical conditions. Yeah, and it makes it very difficult for them. It's very painful. So please don't declaw your cats. Yeah, don't, don't do it. It messes them up psychologically too. Yeah, but okay. Thanks. That's your cat lessons on Jay Guys and Jedi this week. <laughs> I had a good week. Um, I actually got a little 
nervous because we had a really bad storm earlier and it knocked out our power for a while there. So I wasn't even sure I could record today, but the power's back on. We're You're here. Back up. Back up. Well, luck- luckily, we were taking a, a week off from our other show, so we could have just pushed it back to a, to tomorrow. If, if we really needed to, if yeah. If we really needed to. So. I mean, I was so close. We'll never to deprive you guys of J Guys and Jedi. I mean, I we did a show with me on the phone during a tropical storm once, so we'll yep. figure it out. Yep. And honestly, yeah. I was so close to finishing the outline um, when the power went out. I could have theoretically did this on an iPad as well. <laughs> I we so I was Well, I was gonna say you could have done it on a piece of paper. Yeah, you could have done it on a piece of paper and then just taken a picture of it and mailed it to me. I could have pulled up the outline on my phone, um, to be honest. Um, I just didn't, I, I was down to the last four minutes of the episode to do. So what doing the last four minutes of summary and then writing my final notes and adding a Yoda question. Like that was all I had left. It took me 12 minutes when the power came out. <laughs> so I could have, I could have easily, easily did that. Um, but yeah, it was, it, I've been having a good day. Um, should I, should I mention that we're trying for the celebration thing? Um, no, let's wait till, let's wait to see what, what develops. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, pretty good overall. Well, you ready to talk, talk some, uh, talk some Star Wars now I that we've ready. educated everybody on cats? I, I am. Did you like this episode? I did. It, it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, visually interesting. I wouldn't say it's a standout episode, but it was a, it was a fun satisfying episode to watch you know it, it I, I think interesting is a really good thing because this episode aired alongside of last week's episode so i remember watching both of them together and watching both like last week's episode is, is pretty darn strong you know they introduced rook we get loth wolves we get a lot of force mythology like last week had a lot of like really like strong rebel stuff and then you know five minutes later you would watch this episode which it's not bad. I mean, it's it has that kind of standard Rebels feeling to it, but it's not bad. But it's one of those things when you watch it back to back with last week's episode, it felt like like a energy going out. Yes. So I actually they, really, I, I really somehow I wish this. it would have worked story wise where this one would have been first if they did that. You know, if you were watching these in two, this one would have been a nice like. Yeah, it's it's a like if you watch it two in a row after the last one, this one's a little anticlimactic. You know. But this one works actually pretty darn well on its own. It yes. doesn't need the only real difference is that like you needed to know that Hera got off world last episode. Other than that, it works well on its own because it's just like why isn't Hera with them because of last week's episode? But like and so I actually really enjoyed this episode more on its own than when I first watched it with which is attached hmm. to the other episode. And I it works a totally lot better. See that. Yeah, it absolutely. I actually because I remember watching this back in when it came out 2017 and i remember feeling kind of let down by it but on its own i really like it with it when it's not attached to the other previous 23 minutes so yes. i yeah i mean i i actually quite enjoyed this i mean it's nothing groundbreaking but it's fucking fun <laughs> it's fun and it's so it's something a little familiar and it's something you haven't seen before so i sort of liked it yeah me too so all right you ready to get into this i'm ready <clears throat> Krala, 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 <laughs> Krala, Krala, Dahlia, peeps. 
Oh, Lord. <laughs> Crawler Commanders is the 67th episode of Star Wars Rebels, and it was released on November 6, 2017. It was written by Matt Michnovitz and directed by Bosco Ng. Some extra information for you. Captain Seavor is voiced by Seth Green. His other works include Robot Chicken, Family Guy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Austin Power series, and also the voice of my personal favorite droid in Star Wars, Toto360, who was Cad Bane's droid in Clone Wars. Working titles for this episode included Direct Impact, Crawler Assault, and Crawler Commandeers, which is what we were talking about. The design of the ore crawler is based on the world devastators, massive flying automated factories in the comic series Star Wars Dark Empire. I definitely wrote Star Wars Wars. <laughs> Star Wars Wars. Dark Empire. Star Wars Wars. Wars Wars Wars. That's what happens when a new Star Wars movie comes out. You have Star Wars Wars. That's true. It's Star Wars, and then the fans are like, extra wars. <laughs> We're having Star Wars Wars. Star Wars Squared. So... Even though he wasn't named in the series, the slave master that fights Zeb is named Proach, as a nod to Pat Roach. The actor played several characters over the course of the Indiana Jones series. And finally, in Rebels Recon for this episode, they talked about how the mining guild works for the Empire. The guild has all the equipment and machinery to exploit worlds. They're a third-party agency that the Empire hasn't completely taken over yet. They're there to make money, and they don't see what they're doing as villainous. They're just doing their job, and that's what they're being paid by the Empire to do. They talked a little bit about Captain Seavor and Seth Green performing him. They said that they had no idea what the character would actually sound like, so it was actually Green who came up with the concept of how his voice would be, which helped with some of the design elements for the character. They also talked about designing trained oceans. It's important to get past the idea that they all have to look like Bosk. Once you overcome that, then they can be just about any kind of lizard person from different shapes and different colors. They really enjoyed showing the diversity of design, even within just a single species of the universe. I liked that, too, the more I thought about it, because the captain is very different from the slave driver, but they're both transdotions, and I liked that they were so different. And I actually, I started thinking about that. I was like, I would love to see that variation more in Star Wars. Like, I was just thinking something as simple as Thrawn. What do, like, not different races of Chiss look like, but, like, what if there was, like, different variations of blue? Like, we see that sometimes with Miri Allen, because Barris and Luminara look very different from Sonara San and Resistance. And I, I think that's a really cool idea of, like, showing just within a species how, yeah. like, different characters look just within a species. They should have made a Transdotion that could change his color to, to camouflage himself. Oh, that'd be would so been, cool. That would be that would be pretty neat. I would love to see a Transdotion with like, you know, those frill lizards that have like the little frills that just like, bah! That yeah, yeah. Up? I would love to see a Transdotion with like frills that just like, like, meh. <laughs> spits poison, spits acid, like in Jurassic Park. And like Transdotions with like blue tails, you know, like little blue tails, like skinks. Like we we have a lot of skinks around here, which are the little lizards with the blue tails on them. Yeah. I would just love to see a little little black one with a blue tail. I just I I think that's just like I just love that word it. skink. <laughs> Is that what you guys call them up north? We call them skinks down here. There's a that Chris Elliott who used to be on the David Letterman show used to had a show for a while called Skink the Bo Bounty Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but that's that's what we call them down here in the south. They're called skinks. Yep. You know who's also a little skink? Oh. Hi, Yoda. No tail on Yoda. Mm. Yoda doesn't have a tail? No tail. Really? Mm-mm. I thought you had like a little... Really? Oh, Why did I all think... but on Yoda. Mm. Why did I think Yoda had a tail? No, just sexy, sexy Yoda butt. Mm. Huh. Mm, you you caught me off guard on honestly i always just was but now i think about it there's never been any proof that yoda has ever had a tail Mm. now that i think about it oh oh proof proof everybody wants proof Mm. Mm. yoda will send anybody proof if they ask Mm. no no don't please don't ask for photos of send yoda your 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 handle on 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 whatever space Instagram there is. Yoda no, will send pics. Mm. Please, please don't ask for no. pictures of Yoda's butt, everybody. Please don't. No please tail. Mm. <laughs> well, I have a question for you, Yoda. Oh, question for Yoda, yes. And this comes from our listener, Diego Lemos. Hi, Diego. Welcome. You've been leaving such wonderful comments. Thank you. <laughs> and he writes, I have a question for Yoda. In the Fallen Order video game, one of the main characters, the captain of the ship, remembers hearing stories about a green, pointy-eared, legendary Jedi master. Mm. When one of the Jedi in the crew asks if it's Yoda, he asks, who or what is Yoda? And that he's talking about the dreamy, uh, and that he is talking about the dreamy master Yaddle. So my question here is, does Yoda think that the Emperor or Yaddle have changed history to replace him, and that's why nobody remembers him? Has mm. Lloyd, has Yoda talked to his lawyers yet? No. Of course. Mm. Yaddle and Palpatine, yes, of course. Mm, in front of Yoda, it's been all these years that he's never seen. Oh my god. Oh. Yaddle and Palpy, K-I-S-S-I-N-G, in a tree sitting. Mm. That's a yes. lot of... That's so many wrinkles. So many. Oh, oh dirty, dirty Yaddle. Mm. Oh, my God. Oh, where did Ray's parents come from? Oh, Palpatine plus Yaddle equals Ray's dad. Mmm. What if that's also Baby Yoda's parentage? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Baby Yoda and Ray are siblings! <laughs> oh, a conspiracy theory Yoda has. Yoda must go to the internet and make a video. Chris, I would pay you anything to get a Yoda puppet and make a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Don't encourage him. I will. I will pay if you could get it yourself a, a Yoda puppet. I would. Get, I, it would just be amazing if you just made a Yoda conspiracy theory video. Yoda's gonna be sticking little pieces of paper all over his hut, connecting him with pieces of pa- string. I'm talking about you, man. That'd be hilarious. Just with a Yoda puppet, just being like Yaddle! <laughs> no. The By proof the way, I have. All the proof. Thank you for your question, Diego. Please send more. <laughs> A cabal of Jedi and Sith working together to erase Yoda. 
Well, we'll make sure you're never forgotten here, Yoda. You're part of us. You're mm. with us now. Mm. Now I'm going to be Wyanon. Mm. Spread the truth. I also, I also just still, please don't send requests to see Yoda's butt. Don't, don't give him your contact information. No, no, you no. Don't, no. You don't want to see what you're going to get. Please don't. And if you do give him his the contact information, don't fall for his bullshit. Just don't, ladies. Don't just, fall for it. Swipe, swipe whatever it is that says no. I don't know. I don't use that app, so just, yep. just swipe yep. in the direction that's no. Swipe no. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> you ready to get into this? I am ready. Act one. Act one. No. Tiny little recap from last week, just so we know where everybody is. Our heroes got transported to the southern hemisphere of Lothal by Lothwolves, and now they have a nice base away from the known baddies. Hera has escaped the planet to get the TIE Defender Elite data back to Rebel Command, so she's not with everybody else. There's a tiny recap just to set the stage. Let's go to this week's episode! dun 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 I don't know, the dun 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 duns are not written in there. <laughs> Our heroes are trying to find a way to contact Hera in Rebel Command to figure out their next steps. Sabine has a transmitter thingy, but it's tiny, and it's weak. It can't get through the Empire's signal-blocking technology. Kanan spends his Jedi-ness, saying that once his space wife gets the okay from Rebel Command to attack the TIE Defender factories on Lothal, then they all need to be ready with a ground assault. Uh, there we go. I told you coming. And Ryder Azadi is like, excuse you. We're in a cave. We have, like... Three people here to help us. Barely any weapons. We're on the other side of the planet, and I don't see your wolf friends here to help us get supplies or manpower. You're out of your Jedi mind. But Ezra is like, we just have to believe in ourselves, you guys. And Ryder is like, that's really easy for a Force user to say. Suddenly, Sabine picks up a signal from a nearby source, and they decide to go check it out. And they find an ore crawler from the mining guild, which is stripping the land of resources. This makes Ezra sad. But it could be the break they need. The crawler has a long-range transmitter on top of it, and it could be their ticket to reaching Hera on Yavin. Speaking of Hera on Yavin, she's meeting with all the rebel leaders, from Long Nekba to Padme's baby daddy, Bail Organa. My favorite dumb joke in all of Star Wars, thank you. And they're all pretty alarmed by the TIE Defender Elite schematics, because it's pretty much better than any ship that they have. Space Mom slams her fist on the table like this. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and, and she goes, Then we need to destroy the factories before it can be even be made. Who's with me, Rebel Leader? But all the other leaders are like, uh, may, Maybe, maybe... Look, Space Mom, we understand this, the importance of this, but because of the events of the episode Zero Hour, we don't have ships and manpower to do this. Thrawn, and to a lesser extent, Bendude, destroyed all of our resources. And Hera's like, ugh, I freaking hate the politics of this rebellion. And the leaders need more time to discuss, and they tell Hera to wait outside. And Hera looks at Chopper like, I see why Ezra went on a road trip with Saul Gerrera. And she storms out of the room. Back with the others on Lothal, our heroes start their invasion on the crawler. Sabine flies up with her jetpacks and sees a security droid. She's all sneaky sneaky and takes it out. The guys fly up and join her on the platform. 
With some more sneaky sneaky about, they come into the command area. And there's the captain of the ore crawler with his headphones. He's just enjoying his day of tyranny. He's having a private jam session. He's having some sweet dance moves. He's doing a break dance, and he's absolutely unaware that the heroes are standing right behind him. Zeb takes off his headphones and he says, I like that song. Because, fun fact, the music that the Trandoshan is listening to in this scene is actually a song called Zeb Rock. And it was the rock song that was used back in season two when Zeb was kicking back and enjoying the sunset and they just reused the music. So Zeb would like that song because it's a song named after him. Fun facts. Anyway, the captain's all freaked out and he hits the alarm and he's a slippery little devil as Zeb and Ezra struggle to keep him captive. Sabine gets the alarm to shut off, which is a good thing. And Captain Dance Party, which is what I'm calling him now, Captain Dance Party is like, Do you know who I am? His. And they're all like, Yeah, yeah, the Mining Guild. It has money and stuff. Shut up. Well, Mining Guild HQ calls in, wondering why they stopped, and sent out a distress beacon. So Ezra, in probably a really offensive manner to lizard people, pretends to be a Trandoshan captain. And Captain Dance Party is like, How dare you! We don't all sound like that. And Ezra tries to convince his way through this, but HQ decides to send them some technical support. So they knock out the captain and get to work. There's some kind of signal thing in the back of the crawler, but it's a plot device because it just separates the heroes. I, I, I missed what actually the signal was, and I didn't care to go back and look at it, so there's something. And Kanan and Zeb go to check it out, while Ezra and Sabine work on getting the long-range communicator and to also watch over Captain Dan's party to make sure he doesn't have any more sweet dance moves. What'd you think of that one? It's good. I love the evil sand crawler. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a nice, just evil variation of the, mm-hmm. the, the general design of it. Um, and I like when they first um, roll up to it, and you see like the ass end of it and it looks like an evil face oh i missed that it reminds me of old like um the animations that pink floyd used to use it was just a a a dour evil robotic looking face um then i only have a couple other little notes like the thing i think find funny about like oh just shoot the security droids when they come out is if you had security droids, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it set off alarms if your security droid? Wouldn't you have like something to tell if a security droid all of a sudden just stopped working I and like two security droids thing. in the same 50 foot zone stopped working? You might be like, hey, somebody's shooting our security droids or something's going wrong. I thought the exact same thing, to be honest. I almost noted it myself, and I was like, ah, nah. Yeah, plot's got to go forward. <laughs> I, there's, you know, I have a couple, of, I, I had a couple of Kanan Jedi notes about that, too. There's just some things where it's like, Kanan's like, I can't do this thing. I'm like, why? You're a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are, are you bound by honor or something? Because I'm yeah. pretty sure you could do that. Um, yeah. The, the, um, only other note I have is uh, I think this is the first Indian accent we've heard in 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 Star Wars. Uh, that too. I was the voice to on out. the radio, the uh, just the 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 voice on the radio at the beginning had an Indian accent, and I was like, I've never heard anybody with an with an Indian lilt to their voice in I, I Star that, Wars yeah. before. I almost noted that as well, but then I, I was trying to figure out who the voice actor was, and 
Wikipedia wasn't very clear, and I think it. I think they were the ones that were Mining Guild HQ, I think. But then um, I, I was trying to see what voice actor it was, and I think it was Vizago's voice actor, but I'm not positive. So that's why I didn't note it, because I couldn't find definitive proof of who that voice actor was, so I just didn't note it. But yeah, like, I thought that was really cool. And I'm trying to think, I don't, I can't think of anybody in Star Wars who ever had an Indian accent, which is just such a cool thing to hear. Yeah, yeah, it's it must it like it it must be almost impossible without like hiring a full linguist to make a, new accents, you know, and like a full accent that would come of like somebody speaking I don't know what a galactic standard or whatever, but with a transdotian accent, you know. Yeah. So it's it's just interesting, but everybody lives in a galaxy, so transdotians could be you know a transdotian any transdotion could have been brought up on any planet, you know, around any number of accents and languages. So like, the only thing I was wondering (laughs) was, I was like, is it kind of racist if their tech support is an Indian person? (laughs) I did have that thought cross my mind. I was like, or if he was, yeah, if he was like a little shop owner or something like that. Yeah. I, cause I was, cause it was, it but was it's, the, it's so, it's like, it's not somebody doing like Apu from the Simpsons. It's just a slight Indian accent as if the, maybe the voice actor was Indian or they just put a little bit of Indian lilt to it to make it sound a little different than, you know, I'm, I'm imagining it was probably somebody who was in the episode. That's, said, I, hey, can you, can you, can you knock out this one too? You know, cause it's, yeah. it's one little exchange. So so it was probably just somebody trying to make their voice sound a little bit, di- you know, a little bit different and like like nobody else's in the show. But I just thought it was neat. And, and I was just like, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Huh. Weird thing on Wikipedia. The episode is called Crawler Commandeers. Yeah, that's a, that's what I'm saying on the on the in. Uh, but the, was... wait, oh, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Give me a second. But on so Star are we Wars. thinking it might Crawler. actually be Crawler Commandeers. It is Crawler Commandeers. It is oh. Star- what? I'm oh, confused. so I guess I guess I guess I gotta put it in that extra e that I just scratched out so I get you, the title right when correct. I make. But to go back to what I was looking at, um, the only Indian actor is Tia Sakar, who's Sabine's voice actress, and um, yeah, that wasn't her voice. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, all. I, that's all I got for part one. Um, yeah, I mostly have just, like, little notes. Um, one thing I like about Rebels, and I've said this before, is I like how they show how limited the Rebellion is, because when we, when you watch the original trilogy, they're at full war, so it's like, everyone's fighting, we have these resources and stuff, but something I've always enjoyed about Rebels is they show how, like, limited they really truly are and gives the real, like, the real, the realistic side of being actually part of a resistance. So I like that moment when they're just like, we would love to, you know, fight this TIE Defender thing, but, you know, we have like 20 other projects we're doing. We just don't know if we have the manpower. Yeah. I think that, I, I think, well, I think it's good writing um, for one, but I also think it has a little bit of effect of like nowadays, nowadays when nerds watch something, nerds play a lot of like um, strategic games and, you know, wargaming and stuff like that. So you, you, you might, you know, a lot of people are thinking about that, like, resource allocation and stuff like that so it's good to work it into the story to make it more make more sense also yeah. like when you do that it, it gives you lots of good 
convenient plot excuses to do certain things. Yeah, and it, in it a good way, and, you know, not it, it could be in a good or a bad way, but yeah, it's yeah. And and I like that it's just kind of like the tiniest of threads continuing from the Saul Guerrero episodes because Hera was frustrated because she was like, I just want to act like I'm tired of these politics. And so was Ezra. Like they were all getting frustrated and and all Hera wants to do is go after the Tide Defender Elite because that's also where her family is currently having to deal with that. So it's the tiniest of threads continuing from the last two Saul Guerrero episodes. So I thought that was very nice. It wasn't fully stated but it's just there enough to be like, oh, yeah, she is kind of pissed off at all this. Yeah. Um, I love that Ezra has become the make-a-funny-voice guy. He doesn't do a bad impression of him at first. Like, the first few lines he does are, pre- like, a pretty good... It's, like, almost... It's it's funny. It's almost like the two voice actors, you know, having fun with each other. But then when he... Then when, you know, he starts going leaning into it it's it sounds like ezra doing you know it, a, a ezra goes back into his like bad actor mode but like yeah. the first is kind of just a nice little gag because he does do a pretty pretty good seth green imitation yeah yeah i, I just i i like the idea of like what if he just flat out offends the transdotion because the transition's like is that what i sound like it's just a really funny moment because he's like, I didn't know I sounded that way. <laughs> I just like that moment. Yeah, he's um, genuinely hurt. I know. It's so funny. <laughs> but it's also like, you know, like, is that what we all sound like? It it, it mildly offends him. And I like that. Um, and my only other thing is I just love the moment where they, like, sneak into the command center and they're all very, like, on edge. And then they see the guy has his headphones and you can see them all visibly relaxed and just stand around him and just stare at him. Yeah, they, and, yeah they, they've got their moment of surprise, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, Zeb just, like, and the guy's just, like, dancing and he's having a good time. And Zeb just, like, takes off his headphones. It's just, It's such a funny moment. And I don't think we've ever had a... It reminded me actually a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy, um, yeah. when when the guy has Peter's uh, headphones on and Peter just comes up behind him and it's just like that's mine and just like beats the crap out of him. Um, it it has that kind of Guardians of the Galaxy kind of humor to it, so I, I really liked that moment a lot. Um, but that's all I had for Act One. Yeah, I think most of my notes are actually in Act Two. Yeah, and this one actually had very nice like screen wipes like this is the yes it was break. it was very clear where that where the commercial breaks were in this one for sure oh and they were like <laughs> evenly spaced at seven minutes each so it yep. wasn't like 10 minutes in commercial my notes break. my notes i always draw a line between each act and my my lines between each act are very confident in these notes today yeah so act two act two Kana and Zeb head back to the head to the back of the crawler to see where the whatever signal is coming from that I still don't know what the signal is. As Zeb looks around the top levels, Kanan checks out the bottom ones, and he senses a bunch of people around him. Slowly the people come out of the smoke, and Kanan realizes that they're all slaves. But out of nowhere, Vizago shoves the dude out of the way and screams, My friends! I'm so happy you came for me! I knew you would! Remember how I snuck you onto the planet a few episodes ago? You owe me! Save me! And Kanan's like, yeah! Yeah, sure! 
we're here to save you! Yeah, totally! Totally came to save you! Okay. And Mazago is like, See, I told the other slaves that you would totally fight the foreman for us! And Kanan's like, Wait, I'm sorry, what, what foreman? What now? And they hear a growl, and a super big buff lizard guy comes out of the smoke with a light whip, ready to fight Kanan. And Vizago's like, that's him! Go get him! Go get him, Jedi! But the foreman gets an electric whip around Kanan and knocks him out. But then, the smoke clears, and heroic music plays, and there's Zeb, ready to throw down with the lizard guy. And like an action hero, Zeb cocks his bow rifle and goes... Come on and face me, you brute. I need to bring a cool story back home to my boyfriend, Callus. Guys, I really miss Callus. <laughs> Give, just let me have this. Anyway, with the space kids, Ezra and Sabine are still working to get the long-range transmission going. Captain Dance Party wakes up and goes, Get off my bridge! I'm not going to fight you! I'm going to bitch at you! Bitch, bitch, bitch! Hiss, 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 hiss. And Ezra's like, Okay, man, but you can do your bitching in the closet. And he shoves them into a supply closet thing. And Captain Dance Party is like, I know my rights, man! I'm going to rage against the machine, but not like the band Rage Against the Machine, which is against the establishment. And I work for the Empire, which is the establishment. But you know what I mean! His... Back where our heroic Lassat prince our heroic Lothar Prince, Zeb, who is glorious. Zeb is facing off against the slaver in a fist fight and feet fight for the ages. Ding, ding, round one. They tackle each other outside. I definitely wrote tack. They tack each other outside. They're rolling. They're scrambling positions. Ding, ding, round two. The slaver throws Zeb over the railing, but our Lassat Prince hangs on with his hands and he grabs the bad guy with his feet and pulls him over. Ding, ding, round three. They're hanging on the underneath and start punching with their feet. The slaver pulls out his light whip to try and catch Zeb and he gets him around the arm. Ding, ding, round four. Zeb withstands the electrical shocks and pulls the slaver off the walkway. Dangling by the electric rope, the slaver finally loses his grip and falls to his demise. Before, before Zeb loses his grip, Kanan comes out of nowhere and pulls Zeb to safety. Winner! Garazeb Aurelios! Ding, ding, ding! And Vizago and the other slaves are excited to finally be free. Back on Yavin, Heron and Chopper are waiting for the okay from Rebel Command. Mon Mothma comes out and says that they still haven't made a choice in the matter. This pisses Hera off, but Long Nekma says that they have several other problems with the Empire to worry about. Well, Hera is tired of waiting. So Captain Hera, Space Mom Syndulla, marches herself right back in there. And Bellargana tries to stop her, but, but Hera's like, Can it, baby daddy? Listen up, you fucks. I'm Hera Syndulla. And I don't care if you're all big movie characters. You're in my show now, fuckers. And I will not be silent. We have to stand up to the Empire, even if this mission fails. We're going to go whether you like it or not. Because we're the main characters of this TV show. And we have plot armor on our side for at least two more episodes before my husband dies. Who's with me? 
And all the rebels leaders look really awkwardly at each other because they don't they don't know. Back on Lothal, Ezra sees Vizago and is like, Whoa, Vizago, what are you doing here? And Vizago realizes they weren't actually there to rescue him, but he puts on his best Hondo impression of betrayal. I thought you were here to rescue me. Betrayal. And Kanan's like, well, we're here now, so just help us, okay? Sabine calls them up to the command center and they all rush in. Two Imperial gunships are closing in on their position. And Sabine says, those are not mining guild vehicles. And Ezra, in the most dramatic fashion, goes, no, it's the Empire. End of Act 2. What was, uh... <laughs> what? The Trans Josha... Oh, his name is like Proach or something like that? Proach or something. I just... He was the slaver. I mean, they never say his name in the show other than calling him the foreman. And then on Wikipedia, he was called the slaver. And then on StarWars.com, he was called Proach. So I just... I don't know. Yeah, he looks especially not Nazi <laughs> in this one. He looks really Nazi with that. Ha- I mean, with that hat, it reminds me of uh, the comic Mouse. Have you ever read Mouse? Oh, it's been on my list forever to read. Yeah, the 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 um, you know, all the all the Jewish people are mice, and all the Nazis are cats, and his his outfit and his hat. And just having the animal face coming out of the the jacket and the hat like that, he looks like the the die Katzen in the in the mouse comics. So he looks super super jerky. <laughs> you know, when you look like a Nazi, it, it automatically makes you more like. And uh, I don't maybe they were maybe they were paying tribute to uh, the, the all the Nazis from Indiana Jones or something, <laughs> since they were naming people after. Indiana Jones characters or actors. Yeah, but, maybe. Um, I like that kind of all the like slime. It's weird. The slimy race is, I, and, and <laughs> is this specious, but like kind of like all the slimy races in Star Wars, the ones that aren't like we work for the Empire, but they're just kind of like, yeah, we'll work with the Empire. All seem to be kind of lizard lizardy, you know, the, the, um, Geonos, is it the Geonosians? Yeah, Geonosians. And the, um, and the, um, um, Trade Federation guys from, you know, from the, from, uh, episode one and stuff like that, you know, they're all just kind of lizardy. Huh, or buggy. Or buggy, lizardy and buggy. Uh, let's see... Vizago is almost acting like Hondo in this one. I have that note too. Really? Yeah, he's <laughs> he's that. just he's he like Vizago always struck me as like less effusive than Hondo. Less like, hey, let me set in this one he's very just like, hey, my friends, you know. And uh yeah, it was almost like having Hondo in there. And my I, only other I other have note too. <laughs> other note is uh I like that they made mention of the Death Star test in Rogue One. So it yeah. sort of puts puts you in the time period of where Rogue One is happening. So yeah, the, I was a little confused by that, though, because this is still before Rogue One. Because Rogue One doesn't take place until after Rebels. And Rogue One takes place, like, what, like, five minutes before A New Hope? So that actually was very confusing to me. So it has to be a different protocol. 
it has to be a different planet that's happening that that's happening to because or it, it took them it took them that long to actually you know they they it, you know they might have just been getting wind of the death star but like you know it it yeah I, that's what i was thinking too and i was like well you know it, they 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 got wind of the empire wanting to do that, you know? Yeah. So, because I think where we are now is still like two years before yeah. Rogue one, something yeah. like that. So, but it's, it is the same protocol from rogue one, which is to recall everybody. And so, right. Right. That's what I was saying. And when they said they recalled everybody, I was like, Oh, okay. So because yeah, I definitely went on a path of Googling, like, where is this in the timeline? And I was yeah, like, okay, no, it's we're not at it's, rogue one yet. Yeah, Saw Saw Guerrero didn't get that messed up in that short of a time. Yeah. But that's all I got for part two. Well, my first note is I love Vizago's Hondo energy. (laughs) (laughs) That was my first note. It is. It totally is. Um, Actually, I have a a kind of a side Vizago note in Act 3. I'm just going to go ahead and bring it up now. Way back in season one, he was more scoundrelly. And I feel like, I think early in the Rebel side of this podcast, I was like, I'm going to track where exactly it is that Hondo, or not Hondo, Vizago turns into kind of a silly, kind of fun character. Because yeah. early in Act One, he was vicious. Like He was he, a jerk, yeah. He left them to die. He he gave them up multiple times, which, which sets it up nicely. Cause they weren't sure if Fazago was going to give him up, give them up here, which was a nice follow through. But I think it was probably about the time of, I, I don't, I think it was the brothers of the broken horn episode. And I think Hondo's on that episode too, but yeah, there, I think you're there's right. definitely a shift there where he actually, where, where Ezra frees Vizago, and Vizago helps Ezra. And I think that's where the shift happened, um, looking back at Vizago's story in Rebels, because he was ruthless and bloodthirsty in, in, in season one, but he's not that way here. So I, I think it was the Brothers of the Broken Horn episode where Vizago had that shift, because I was trying to figure out where exactly it happened, because this is not who he was in, act, in season one. He was not like this at all. No, and, he was more ruthless. And like when you had another one of his species in in The Mandalorian, you know, it was sort of, you, you sort of got that that you got sort of got an idea they were kind of like the Transdotians, big and uh, aggressive, or like Zeb, you know, they were a race of big like or Wookies or something like that. They were big, aggressive, kind of cutthroat. He looks yeah. like a devil, and they look like devils. Yeah, and you know, I started also thinking about it as just as I was talking just now. I bet the Empire has a lot to do with that because in Act One the Empire was all lackeys and Vizago had a thriving business. He was making money easily, and we've seen over the course of the show the Empire really just kind of lock down Lothal. So it was actually difficult for Vizago to even get them on the planet, and then they capture him and they make him a slave. I, I, I think. It's all subplot for that we don't actually see on screen, really, for Vizago. But I, I feel like that was a huge turning point, too, to make him go, I'm still a scoundrel, but I see what these rebel guys have been talking about because now it's affecting me personally. Yeah, it's not good for my business and well-being. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that's a very interesting, like, not fully openly stated subplot that you could really, like, if you look at Vizago's story over the course of the show, like, you can see that very clear through line. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do like his like whole like my friends. I was like, hey Hondo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know there was a transdotion foreman in the new season of Clone Wars too. Um, it was in one of the Martez sister episodes where they were trying to steal the spice from like the little like squishy guys that squeak when you punch them. But uh, but Rafa ended up fighting a Transdotion as well, who was like the manager of the little squishy guys. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of like this kind of idea that Transdotions are just foremen just because they're big, tough guys. <laughs> um, I love Zepp's fight. There's a reason why I made it like a four round fight in the notes, because I, I just like when Zeb does things. <laughs> He doesn't get to do things a lot in the later seasons of Rebels. And so when Zeb actually gets really cool moments to shine, I really like it. And he gets to fight with his feet. Like, he's punching the guy with his feet, and it's awesome. It's so yep. good. Um, and my, my only other note is I, I really like Hera's speech to the Rebel leaders because it's it's a very Rogue One speech. I think and that's I, on purpose, too. <laughs> I, I think it is, too. And I, I like that moment where she's like, yeah, we're probably going to lose, but at least we'll be sending a message. Yeah, yeah they, they use Rebels a lot to be a parallel, uh, Rebels and Clone Wars, to sort of parallel the stories in the main movies. And this was just a nice parallel to Jyn Erso and her speech in Rogue One. It, it was very much the whole, like, we'll take the next chance and the next chance until we yeah. don't have chances. Yeah, exactly. Very, yeah. very much so. Um, but that's all I had for Act 2. Did you have anything else? No, let's uh, finish this tiny little slimy transdotion off. Yeah. Wrap him up. So Act 3. So a couple of Imperial gunships are coming in, and Ezra comes up with a plan on the fly. And he thinks that they can trick the Empire into thinking everything's okay. They still need the crawler, and they can't abandon it now. So he makes Zeb puts on a put on a dumb hat and pretends to be a slaver while Vizago sits in the captain's chair, which pisses off Captain Dance Party, who is still in the closet. So Vizago pulls his best Han Solo impression, going, Hey, hey guys, there's nothing to report here. What are you doing today? But the Empire isn't convinced and lands on the ship. They start searching the place while Zeb is trying his best to act like a slaver, going, Back to work, you Slaves! And inside the command center, the stormtroopers check the closet. But Captain Dance Party is gone! Oh no! And Vizago tries to play it cool, like, Hey Imperials, do you want to check my hours and hours of data logs? It's going to take you so long to go through all this data. And the stormtroopers are like, Ugh, paperwork. No thank you. We're gone. And the stormtroopers get on their ships and fly away. Sabine thinks that she has things up and running, but when she tries to send a message to Hera, the transmitter loses power. And Captain Dan's party comes over the comms like, Ha ha hiss! You won't stop me now, pirate scum! And Zeb is like, Ow! Shut your lizard mouth! We're not pirates! And Zeb and Kanan head out to find the lizard guy. But he's locked himself into another area, and Kanan can't cut through the door because reasons? I actually looked up the reasons and makes sense. I'll explain those in a minute. So Sabine is like, Ezra, you need to crawl through the vents and go get him. And Ezra clutches his pearls like, oh, no way, I could never. And Sabine is like, isn't crawling through vents like 
the number one skill of being a Jedi. That's like Jedi training 101. That was literally your first lesson in season one, was crawling through vents. And Ezra's like, fine, I guess. And he goes into the vent. He crawls into the area where the reactor is, and we see Captain Dan's party slinking around the edges of the screen. And there's a big ominous door opening and closing with bright light behind it, so it's probably really hot and death in there. And he senses Captain Death. <laughs> and he senses Captain Dance Party behind them. And he starts to fight. And Captain is like, I am the spawn of dance parties, and my spawn will dance again. And in the brawl, Ezra drops his lightsaber, and the captain slips on it. He screams and falls into the hot, glowy light. And Captain Dance Party will never shake what his mama gave him ever again. And they have officially taken the crawler. Ryder joins in with them a little bit later and goes, Damn! Okay, maybe we can take on the Empire with you rebel Jedi guys leading the way. And Vizago thanks them for saving him, and he and all the slaves join the rebels in their fight. Sabine calls everyone back inside, and they have a transmission from Hera. The attack on Lothal is happening. And it's time to finally fight back against the Empire. You know, more than they already have. The end! Hey. Okay, so let me explain. Because I, I had this note and I actually had to look it up. So my first, my, my thing was, it was there's some weird things, like Jedi things that Kanan couldn't do. Like, he couldn't cut through the door. And then, when Zeb was having his feet fight, I realized, why didn't Kanan just force jump up there because in act three he force jumps a few times but he couldn't force jump up to zeb so there are some weird plot things but i did actually look up the cutting through the door thing and it's really stupid and convoluted but here we go so with a lightsaber they have they use a little magnetic force field around the blade of the lightsaber so it holds the blade shape and when, when you have a magnetically sealed door, the, the magnetic field of the sealed door disrupts the magnetic field of the lightsaber and makes the lightsaber turn off, which is why Kanan couldn't cut through the door, which is stupid. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but I did look it up, and there is a Star Wars explanation of why Jedi cannot cut through magnetic doors. And it's dumb, but it's there, and that's why. Because <laughs> I actually right. looked it up. Whatever. I know. What well, it's Star Wars science. It doesn't make sense. Um, I, I like, I like the gunships that the, they they look sort of like uh, tie helicopters. They 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 sort of remind yeah. me of like troop helicopters from when I was growing up near the military base. And there's a little CGI weirdness with Visago's shirt. Sometimes it looks like his his like undershirt that he's wearing is just sort of painted on. Like CG, like a CGI skin, but that was just a little observation. I will say I didn't note it, but I like at the end, like once everything's like once they save the day, in the scene where Visago is talking to them and thanking him, I like how he's splattered, like he's been there for a while, and he has like dirt and grime splattered yep. on him. I I really like that. It's a nice little detail. He didn't look clean. I liked that. Yeah, he looked sweaty. <laughs> mm. Um. Uh, Ezra hasn't hit hit the old shafts in a while, so that was pretty funny. I forgot about that, that that was a running gag for a while. It's been a while since uh, they, they've sent him into the air shafts. I just like and, the fact that Sabine was just like, isn't crawling through vents like Jedi 101? 
like she calls him out on it. He's and she's like, "You do this all the time." He's like, "Fine, I'll get into the fence." <laughs> I like that scene. My only other note I had is I really liked the that that the wipe they did that went along with the furnace door that was slamming up and down, and they they did that last wipe with the uh, right on the the furnace. I thought that was very very nice. Like just kind of just kind of quirky and fun. But that's all I got for part three. Um, to complete my Visago note, because I used half of it in Act 2. Um, I just really like Visago in this episode. He has that kind of pirate charm. It was kind of like what we were talking with Rook last episode, how we don't really have bounty hunters in this series. And it's been a while since we've had Hondo. So Visago is bringing back that kind of like scum and villainy energy that we've been kind of missing lately in the show because we've been so much in Jedi and Rebels stuff. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had that like scum and villainy energy in the show since... I can't even remember the last Hondo episode. I know it was in Act 3. I think it was the Wincanthu job. Um, But it's it's been a while since we've had that scum and villainy energy. So I really actually like Visago in this episode because he brings that energy to the table. And I, I really like him in this in this format. Mm, I agree. Uh, huh? I agree. Okay. Um, I my other my my second note was Sabine spilling the Jedi tea of Vince and stuff, and why can't Kanan cut through? But it was weird. Like, why couldn't Kanan like just jump up on the platform other than plot reasons? Because he jumped down on the platform and he was jumping from platform to platform, but he couldn't. Yeah, jump we're up we're and pretty much him. over the blind thing now. You know, yeah, like he couldn't jump up and save Zeb or catch him if Zeb fell through the force. Like it was, there was just certain things in this episode with Kanan where it's like he suddenly couldn't do things because of plot. Right, which is right. Fine, because it 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 did build the dramatics of Zeb having that fight. I like Zeb having that fight scene. It's a really good Zeb fight scene for him. Well, it was it was distracting and and exciting enough of a fight that I didn't even think about those notes that you made. Yeah. So so but, they they kept it moving enough. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I honestly don't think I would have noticed if I wasn't fine tuned like I go right. through this with a fine cuz I didn't notice the first time I watched this, but watching this the second time I was like they're making weird Jedi choices with Kanan where Kanan suddenly can't do things and it's all for the point of plot. Um which which is fine though cuz I I would rather them do weird plot things with Kanan so Zeb can have a really cool fight scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then <laughs> Kanan doing cool Jedi stuff and Zeb not get that moment. So it's the mildest of gripes. Yeah, yeah, it's like the security go- droids at the beginning. Yeah, it's the mildest of gripes. Um but my only other note is I actually really like Seth Green's little Captain Transdotion guy. I think he's he has this energy of at, he doesn't really fight back. He just bitches the entire episode. Yeah, no, the, he does fight, but he does fight back. Pre- I mean, he makes a pain in the ass out of himself. And they're yeah. just like, ah, he's just a little, little transdotion. We don't have to worry about him. But, but like, he, they've got that. He's got that Napoleon syndrome where he's got, he overcompensates and he's a big pain in the ass. It's kind of funny because he does kind of remind me of Napoleon Dynamite. And I mean this in a way that he's a little nerdy character. And whenever well, I was, you have I was like saying Napoleon, the guy, you know, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, but like, you know, whenever you have those movies where like the nerdy guy has to fight like the big jock guy and the nerdy guy is just like all arms and elbows and he's just like, yep. rah, rah, rah. yeah, 
And that's what this guy is. He's not actually really fly, fighting them. He's flailing, and he just happens to hit them as he flails. And he's just wiggly, and he's not really, like, a strong guy. It's not like the, the other trans Yeah, but he goes like, for it, though, you know? He's not yeah. afraid to go for it, you know? But, but he's not, like, the big trans guy that is fighting Zeb, like, fist-fighting him. He's just this, like, wiggly guy who's just like, and then when he's not flailing, he's just bitching the entire episode. And I just like that moment where he's in the closet and he's just like, this is my ship. Do you? It's very Draco Malfoy. He's like, do you know who I work for? Do you know who I am? I'll tell on you. I'm going to tell on all of you. And it's, he's funny. He's just a funny little character. And I really like him because he's just this small dude who's not very strong, but he just bitches for 23 minutes. And I love that end scene where he's just like, my spawn has been here forever and my future spawn will be here too. And it's just, he's just weird and I like him. He's just a fun yeah, little he's guy. He's got an attitude. He does. And I like it. He's funny. He makes me laugh. Um, and I like the whole thing where he thinks that they're pirates for the majority of the episode till Zeb is finally like, we're not pirates, God. <laughs> and then Zeb at the end is like, maybe we are pirates. We did steal this. <laughs> Zeb has that moment of like, I could be a pirate. Yeah, I could be a pirate. Me and Zeb, no, me and Callus would get like our own crawler and like command the crawlers of the Lothal waste together. It'll be great. <laughs> But that's all I have for this episode. I don't have anything else. I'm ready to score it up. Score it up for me, Chris. I'm actually giving it an 8 in a weird... Um, I usually don't give out 8.75s. I'm giving this an 8.75. Because I wanted it to... It sort of stands out a little bit from the, like the 8.5 standard episodes I've been giving them lately. Because I it was it had like just new little visual and character twists with the, with the other characters. Like, you know, like Crawley Commander there. And, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Vi, vi, visually in Star Wars, yeah, I've enjoyed it a little bit more. So not quite up to a 9, but an 8.75. You know, I, I feel the same way. Like, I enjoy watching this episode on its own, not connected to last week's episode, like the first time I watched it. And this is actually my second time viewing this. I, I haven't gone back and rewatched it. So I, I actually really enjoyed this a lot, watching it on its own. Um, it's nothing like groundbreaking, and but it still fits in with that tone of season four, because season four has been pretty level across the board. It's had yeah. a few, like, kind of bump up cool moments, but then it goes back to being kind of level again. I like Seth Green's character. I think he's a fun little character. I love Vizago's story. I think Vizago's change is really apparent. And I like his, like, Hondo energy. And I love that Zeb fight scene. It's so good. And I like Hera's overall, t uh, like, the speech and tone, too. And her pretty much telling Rebel Command to shove it. Yep. Um, and my average score for an episode is 7. And I think this is slightly better than average. So I gave it a 7.25 out of 10. Excellent. Yeah. Well, like usually, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. Um, we're not going to do feedback this week just because we're starting to catch up on ourselves again, and I want to give you guys a little bit of space to get feedback in. I understand it's coronavirus time, and you know people aren't driving to work as often and stuff. So I just want to give you guys a little more time to like listen and get some feedback in and stuff like that. So 
yeah, no feedback this week. Just know that we love you and we're looking forward to it. And you want to leave us an idea? Actually, here, here you go. Chris and I have a brand new podcast called Home Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. You can find that shit on iTunes. So, you know, maybe you should go check that out and then let me know what you think. So yeah. you, you can leave comments uh, over on geekygirlexperience.com uh, under the episode. And you can also leave us an iTunes review. That'd be really cool of you. We're talking Gravity Falls and we're having a good time doing it. So, <laughs> Candy. All right. What are we doing this week? Uh, we have like three sake. <laughs> three more sakes. All right. Which one do you want to do? Or we have two sakes and a tea one. You want to do the take a break from the sakes and do the tea one? Okay. Is that the? Uh, Uri Tea. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't know what we're doing, Chris hates American Kit Kats because he's a weirdo. So our friend Dario sent this candy from all over the world to review, and he sent us a bunch of t- Kit Kats from Japan. And Dario is Chris's co-podcaster for Eat It and Beat It, so we we love you, Dario. Oh, it's it a very. It, like you know what it smells like? Black tea. It's so weird. It smells like. It smells like black tea, like black it, English tea. It smells no to me. It smells like they they used to have this chocolate chocolate hubba bubba chewing gum, and it smells like that. I haven't bitten into it yet though. It smells like um like that standard black British tea, and when you first bite into it, it tastes like chocolate, but the after flavor tastes mm-hmm. like tea. That the the tea flavor doesn't come in until the aftertaste. Like, as I'm talking, I can taste it as I'm breathing out. Yep. But I don't taste it as I'm chewing it when I first bite into it. Oh, man. The chocolate with the tea almost gives it a little coffee feel to it. But not really. It's weird. I like it. It's really good. Oh, yeah, you're right. There is a little bit of a coffee flavor to it. Just like an undertone of coffee. Mmm. Mmm. That's that is really, really good. Mmm. 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 Mm. I love it. I I love like English English breakfast tea. That's mm. about Oh, about. English breakfast tea is also loaded with caffeine. Yeah, it tastes like English breakfast tea to me. That's with with chocolate in, in it. That's what it tastes like to me. Mm. Oh man, thank you, Daria. That was very good. Well, did you have anything else for a crawler commando? Com- commandeer? <laughs> Commandeers? No, Commandeers. I don't. Commandeers. <laughs> I actually just officially changed it in the in the title. Commandeers makes more sense than com- than commanders, really. I don't know where I read that. Like it's hold on. I get, let me edit this out. I got I have to check Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm curious cuz I feel like it's did I just not know how to read? Login. Yes, the Ahsoka one. It happens once in a while. I know. Well, it happens a lot, me not knowing how to read. Okay, continue watching. Uh, let's see. What what does it say? Come on, Disney Plus, load better. No, I don't want to watch Gravity Falls. <laughs> All right, let's look. Let me look at this. All right, I'm pulling it up on Disney Plus to see what it is. It's Commandeers. I I just mm-hmm. don't know how to read, guys. It's fine. It's commandeers. I'm wrong. I'll, I I admit it. I messed up. <laughs> well, Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at 2TrueFreaks.com. That's our website. 
And you can also find us on Facebook, where we post all our shows on the Two True Freaks podcast site. And we also have the Two True Freaks Cantina. And our main podcast, of course, you can sign up for the RSS feed there or at iTunes. We are also on Twitter. And our Twitter, the Two True Freaks Twitter, is run by the legendary... Gene, Gene, the podcasting machine. I have to pee, Gene. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that is that. That is where you can find me. Where can they find you? Hope I'm. 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 I, I'm guessing there's a little timer going over your head right now. You so can find we'll, me. We'll at... move this forward. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, you can find me at JGuys and Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Mullinex on Twitter. I have my wonderful website, geekygirlexperience.com, where I write all sorts of articles and stuff. I actually, oh my god, you guys, I just watched Jedi Temple Challenge, which is the new kids game show with Ahmed Best. It's so fun. It is a, and I wrote a review of it over on the site. And Ahmed, it's pretty much Legends of the Hidden Temple, and Ahmed Best plays a Jedi named Kelleran Beck. And three teams of kids compete to become little Jedi, and they have to go through, like, strength and knowledge trials, and they, the final team goes into the Jedi Temple to try to find their kyber crystals. It's Tiny so, Jedi. It's so much fun, guys. And it's Ahmed Best is just so good, and it just makes me so happy. And then Anakin comes and slaughters them at the end. Well, not Anakin, but Sam Witwer actually voices the dark side in the show. Because I was watching it, and I was like, is that Sam Witwer? And sure enough, it was. So I just wrote my review of Jedi Temple Challenge, and you can read it over on geekygirlexperience.com. Please go watch Jedi Temple Challenge. It's free on YouTube. It's a free YouTube show. Please go watch it. It's so much fun. Um, and also, our other podcast is over there called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. Um the second episode is actually going up this Friday on iTunes, but you can listen to the first five episodes if you follow me on Patreon. And we are just having a blast talking about Gravity Falls. We're having such a good time. So yeah, you can check me out over there. Can I'm going to make a tiny announcement. So in two weeks, and I feel comfortable announcing this, uh, we're going to have a guest. We are having Candace from Geeky Girl Gab Podcast come join us to talk about Jedi Knight. I'm very excited. I was actually on her show recently, and we were talking Rogue One. So if you look up Geeky Girl Gab, I think her episode for Rogue One should be out by the time this episode comes out. If not, it's about to come out. So you can hear me talk Rogue One over on her podcast, and she's going to be joining us in two weeks for Jedi Night. Yeah, and I'm I very love guests. Excited. I love having guests. Oh, she's so funny, and she's very she's so smart, and I really enjoy talking with her. So I, I, I'm looking forward to having her on the show. So, yeah. All right, you guys. Well, next week, we're going to be talking Rebel Assault. All right. We're going to assault some rebels. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> Rebel Assault and Battery. Although we know what that means. They're coming. They're coming for the, the Empire. Girl, I'm going to assault and batter some Thrawn. Finally, Ezra's going to get his attack on his home planet. I'm gonna assault some Thrawn, and if he wants to assault me back, that's fine. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. 
Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Sock it to me?